The Richmond City Council's budget work session will now come to order. Madam Clerk, if you would certainly read the meeting announcement followed by a roll call. Yes, Madam President. Before we begin this afternoon's meeting, I must state the following for the record. This meeting will be held through electronic communication means pursuant to and in compliance with Ordinance Number 2020-093, adopted April 9th of 2020, as most recently amended by Ordinance Number 2020-232, adopted December 14th of 2020. Notice of this meeting was provided to the public by means of a public information advisory issued on Thursday, February 11th of 2021, as well as through Legistar on the city's website in accordance with our usual practice. There will be no opportunities for public comment and no public hearings at this meeting. In order to identify each council member who is present electronically for this meeting, I will now call the roll. Mr. Addison? Ms. Jordan? Here. I'm sorry, Ms. Jordan, I believe you're still muted. Here. Thank you. Ms. Lambert? Here. Ms. Larson? Ms. Lynch? Ms. Trammell? Here. Mr. Jones? Vice President Robertson? Here. President Newbill? Here. Thank you, Madam President. Thank you, Madam Clark. Uh, at this time, um, I would uh, certainly welcome our superintendent, uh, Mr. Jason Cameras, uh, to provide an overview of the FY22 budget for Richmond Public Schools. Thank you, Madam President, Madam Vice President, members of the City Council. I would like to first recognize uh, Mrs. Cheryl Burke, our school board chair, who has joined us this afternoon. Mrs. Burke, would you like to share anything? Thank you so very much, Madam President, members of City Council. And Madam Chair, um, welcome. Thank you so much for having us. We're excited about this opportunity this afternoon. Thank you so very much. You all continue to be, the City Council, the mayor continues to be of great support of every child every day. And I thank you so very much. We're excited about this continued partnership. And of course, it's time for us, for us to uh, address the unfinished learning of our students. So thank you for this continued partnership and support of our children. Mr. Cameras, thank you so very much. Appreciate it. Thank you, Ms. Burke. And again, uh, thank you, Mr. Cameras. Look forward to uh, your presentation and certainly want to recognize and appreciate your work to date in terms of ensuring uh, uh, a really, it, during a challenging time, uh, a quality education for our children, but certainly as we look to move beyond this, uh, moving towards uh, in-person and all that that will mean and take. So thank you for everything thus far. Thank you, Madam President. Um, Madam Clerk, do you have the presentation and can it be shared? Um, I don't believe that we have the presentation. Oh. Um, Available. Are you having technical difficulties? I am not able to use the share tray for some okay. reason. <clears throat> um, so let me try it one more time. There's a con I'm not sure if it converts it for you on if you're on a PC or a uh, Mac. I'm on a Mac. OK, so I'm not sure if the control shift E function would work for you. 
Let me but if check. not, worst case scenario, you can email that to me. All right. Um, I believe. Uh, and if there's a, and I'm sorry, Mr. Cameras, um, if there's another staff member on the line with the school board um, or with um, Richmond Public Schools, they can assist you as well. Yes. Miss um, Udasco, I know, is on the line. Can you please uh, email the presentation to Miss Thaxton? And yes. while that is occurring, um, I can give a little bit of a high level uh, overview while that is getting set up. <clears throat> First, let me just say thank you uh, to the city council, to the city of Richmond, to the mayor uh, for your continued support of Richmond Public Schools. Uh, it is been incredible to see the increase in investments uh, that the city has made over the last couple of years. And those investments are paying off as um, I shared with the school board and as I shared with the education committee of the council, we are actually projecting rather significant increases in our graduation rate for this current year amidst a pandemic. Uh, as you know, we uh, had to change our practices when it came uh, to our diplomas because some inappropriate things were happening and that caused our rate to drop. But we are climbing our way back and actually anticipating uh, over a 10 percentage point increase in our graduation rate for this current year amidst a pandemic. And that speaks to a lot of the investments that the council has made over the last couple of years. Uh, many more investments in our uh, recent immigrant population with the creation of a newcomers academy for recent immigrants, our Conganas program, which helps our English learners stay in school, our success academy, which helps bring back dropouts and get them re-engaged and across the finish line, more ESL positions, more counselor positions in our high schools. So all of those investments um, are really making a difference. And I know you want to see a return on your investment as, as I do and as the school board does. And I'm incredibly grateful that uh, we're, we're beginning to be able to show you that return on investment. So very exciting news on that front. And our largest uh, projected graduation gains are at Huguenot and at George Wythe, uh, where we have had very low rates, particularly amongst our uh, recent immigrant students. And um, those increases are uh, in, in large part what's driving our overall increase, but we're seeing increases for every subgroup of students, every high school. Um, and so it's incredibly exciting uh, to see a lot of this work beginning to pay off where it counts. Uh, and that's for our students and their achievement um, and their improved outcomes, which we know is gonna benefit them for, for years to come. Um, all right. I'm uh, gonna, Jason, uh, I apologize. Would you mind dropping in the chat the email address of who you would like me to send this to, or was it Miss Reed? I don't believe that's if the you, name you said. If it's um, this is Dominic Daxton, Assistant City Clerk. Um, if you wouldn't mind still emailing me the presentation, but I will make you a presenter. That way, you can actually share the presentation um, with the with the council. Right. And I believe you're now labeled as a presenter, so you'll be able to share your screen. Is that I'm sharing my screen or Mr. Cameras is sharing his um, screen? Um, 
Michelle, you you would be sharing your screen. I see. Okay. I don't think Microsoft Teams likes Macintosh computers, which is what I'm working on, so I apologize. <clears throat> is that... Good, Jason. Uh, I believe it's yes. showing. Yes. Just let me know how you want me to scroll. Let's go. Um, let's go to section two. I don't think the <laughs> council needs a primer on how the budget process works, so I'll skip over that. Um, I did want to just take a second to highlight um, some of the uh, other investments uh, that the council, the city, has made uh, over this uh, past year. I'm going to do this by the five priorities of our strategic plan. So going to uh, the first priority of Dreams for RPS, which is rigorous and exciting teaching and learning, we were able to launch two new STEM academies um, at MLK and at Henderson, which is very exciting, uh, launched two new curricula, which were desperately needed as we did not have them in uh, reading and math in, in K-8. 10 new ESL teachers, I spoke about the Newcomer Academy, the Conganas program, and more reading specialists, special education teachers, and advanced placement teachers. So really important investments in our number one priority, which is teaching and learning. Second priority is skilled and supported staff. Last year, uh, because of the city's generosity, we were able to provide a 2% increase uh, for all staff. This was almost unheard of last year across Central Virginia and all of Virginia, quite frankly. Um, and we were able to uh, decompress salary schedules for our assistant principals, custodians, um, and instructional assistants, which makes up for years of stagnation in their pay after the recession in 2008. Third priority is safe and loving school cultures. We were able to hire nine new social workers, five new nurses. We launched a social and emotional curriculum for our elementary students, which is very exciting. Um, and we launched community circles in every single one of our classrooms. This year, amidst the pandemic, our teachers are doing this virtually. It's absolutely incredible and has been uh, so helpful from what I've heard from students and staff in terms of relationship building and creating a safe and loving space for the learning to occur. Fourth priority is deep partnership with families and community. We were able to launch our community hub program. We have 23 family liaisons uh, based out of four hubs in neighborhoods across the city to help strengthen our partnership, share information, get information, provide support, um, and also launched a number of Spanish-speaking resources for our families, RPS and Espanol Facebook page, our RPS and Vivo a weekly live stream, weekly segment on Radio Poder uh, with Oscar Contreras, um, and many other uh, outreach efforts to be in com better communication with our Spanish-speaking community. Fifth priority is modern systems and infrastructure. I'm excited that later this spring we'll be in a position to launch our data dashboard uh, to show 
the school board and others uh, key metrics and that will enable folks to follow along and uh, hold us accountable publicly. Uh, and uh, maybe not as exciting, but very important, a new HR and budget system, which will bring us out of really the dark ages when it comes to those systems, uh, which really date back to the early 1980s in terms of uh, when they were first uh, developed and implemented here in RPS. And then, of course, uh, we repositioned funding over this current year to support our COVID-19 response. Uh, we have now provided, I know it says more than 2 million, but I think we're close to 3 million meals now, uh, purchased and distributed over 20,000 Chromebooks, 6,000 Wi-Fi hotspots, um, and also we're able to fund more nursing positions and all kinds of other health and safety equipment uh, to prepare us for the coming year, a truly Herculean effort, uh, and we're incredibly grateful that we had the resources to do so. And of course, uh, on the capital side, completed the construction of a beautiful brand new Henry L. March III Elementary School to replace uh, the old George Mason Elementary School, a beautiful new Cardinal Elementary School, uh, on the south side to replace Green Elementary School and a stunning, enormous River City Middle School to replace uh, the old Elkhart Thompson. Uh, all three are absolutely fantastic buildings and I can't wait to get our kids into them very, very soon. Uh, that work is now complete on the construction side and we will uh, now uh, already shifting towards the demolition of the old facilities um, most of them should be complete by the time uh, we return to school in the fall. Uh, with the exception of the Thompson building, will take a little bit longer, uh, but should be complete by the end of the calendar year. Okay, so now I'm going to jump to our FY22 operating budget, which is uh, why we are here today. Um, I'm going to give a, a high level and then talk a little bit about our federal stimulus money as well. Uh, so we are receiving uh, about uh, uh, $10 million in new uh, recurring revenue for our operating budget next year. Uh, we're anticipating um, about $4 million from the state, although that's gone up a little bit based on recent projections, and we are requesting of the city um, about $5 million in new recurring revenue. Uh, specifically, it's about $4.88 million. As you know, we're also getting about $55 million in one-time federal stimulus funds, and I'll talk about that in just a second. Uh, Ms. Udasco, if you go to the next slide, thank you. Uh, so I want to focus everybody's attention on the, the funnel in the middle of this slide. Uh, you'll see there are two uh, dark blue circles with about $5 million from the city and about $4 million from the state. Uh, again, those are our anticipated uh, increases in recurring revenue from the city and the state. Again, if our request to the city of about $5 million is funded. And then you'll see the light blue circle there in the funnel. Says 25 million from the federal stimulus. That's about how much of that 55 million in federal stimulus that we're planning to spend this coming year. So altogether, uh, planning to spend about 34 million dollars. But keep in mind that 25 million in that light blue circle 
is one-time funding from the federal government. The two other light blue circles you'll see, one on the left, you'll see about $16 million. That's federal stimulus, again, part of that $55 million that we are planning to spend now, this spring, in the current fiscal year. And then you'll see on the right another light blue circle of about $14 million. That's federal stimulus money that we're planning to spend the following school year, the 22-23 school year, so that we don't have a huge cliff uh, after next year. So again, the light blue circles are the federal stimulus spread out over three years, the dark blue circles, the funds from the city and the state. The, uh, the 9 million is closer to 10 million um, that we are hoping to receive from the city and the state. Again, it's really about 4.8 million from the city. Uh, really is going to four things. Uh, one is a 2% raise for all staff. Um, I do want to note this is actually going to move up to a 3% raise based on the latest action by the General Assembly, but we are not requesting any additional funds uh, from the city. Uh, we believe we'll be able to cover the full cost of that raise with the additional state dollars. We also are uh, requesting funds for a 1.17% step increase. This is basically a cost of living increase that we provide uh, to employees each year. Uh, also, uh, some funding to cover the rise in healthcare costs. And then finally, uh, some funding for things like uh, regional school tuition and other state matches. So uh, those four items really take up all of the revenue that we're hoping to receive from the city uh, and the state, which makes uh, the kind of city and state portion of our budget presentation rather simple. Uh, it really does come down to just those four things. And if you can go to the next slide, um, this, is, this slide is the summary for our federal stimulus funds. Um, you'll see it's broken up into FY21, which is the current fiscal year, a little bit over 16 million, largely for uh, facility enhancements, uh, covering the cost of the facilitated learning centers and some instructional technology. Then you'll see about 24.5.6 million next year. One very important uh, caveat I want to uh, share here, the, in the first bullet there, the 8 million for an extended year calendar, um, as you likely know, by now, the school board decided to adopt a year-round calendar for the 22-23 school year, not next year. So that $8 million will go towards other ways of making up for uh, any uh, learning that uh, is unfinished from this current year. Um, and so those funds will not be going towards uh, a year-round calendar for this current year. You'll see the rest is spread out over social and emotional supports, uh, technology, um, more positions uh, for health and safety like nurses and counselors and psychologists, um, some infrastructure enhancements, ESL supports, exceptional education supports, reading, um, and some summer supports as well. And then we've reserved about $13.6 for the following year, the 22-23 year, to help us maintain some of the interventions that we put in place next year 
uh, so that we don't have a huge cliff and all of those interventions then suddenly disappear. So that's really the, the summary of the, the federal stimulus. And again, on the uh, state and city side, it's about uh, close to 10 million. We're requesting about 5 million, precisely 4.8 from the city. Um, those funds will go towards uh, the raise, uh, the cost of living adjustment, the healthcare costs, and some small items like uh, tuition payments for regional schools. And with that, I will conclude and take any questions that the council has. Thank you. Thank you, Mr. Cam Thank you, Mr. Cameras, for the presentation. Members, do are there any questions or comments at this time? Ms. Lynch. Thank you, Madam President, and thank you. Hey, Superintendent Cameras, nice to see you. Thanks for giving us the presentation today. Um, so bad news, we didn't get the 10 month calendar. I was personally very disappointed about that. Um, as a parent, um, as an RPS parent. Um, but the good news, I guess we have eight million extra dollars um, that you get to reallocate towards another endeavor. Any thoughts as, or recommendations as to where that would go? Um, some initial thoughts, um, of course, want to uh, brief the board and, and certainly uh, get their approval. But, you know, with that extended calendar that we had proposed, we were talking about a three-week summer jumpstart session. Uh, because we are uh, starting after Labor Day, we are looking at expanding that three-week summer session to a six-week summer session and applying a lot of those $8 million towards that expanded summer session uh, with the goal of, of providing intervention acceleration uh, before everybody comes back for young people who need it the most. I do think that is going to... Um, uh, use a pretty significant uh, portion of that $8 million, but we're also looking at extending and expanding our one-to-one -one tutoring program, which we've set up this spring, um, and also looking at other ways of providing intervention and support throughout next year. Um, so we'll have a, a fuller presentation for the board on that soon. Thank you. Mr. Jones? Thank you, Madam President. Uh, good afternoon, uh, uh, Superintendent Cameras. Thank you for uh, your work. I, I want to say two things, Madam President. First is a comment, and then second will be the question. Um, just out knocking doors, Mr. Cameras, I ran into uh, a teacher um, that had a question about whether or not she should or should not vaccinate based upon uh, her her pre-existing uh, health condition. Um, and she mentioned the fact that you wrote her back directly. Um, and she wasn't expecting that. She was just expecting, you know, just a chain email, just basic response. Um, she was taken aback by um, your willingness to reach out. And this is a person that that's had, you know, they, they've been going through health challenges. And so I just wanted to share that because oftentimes in leadership, we we're out here and we don't hear uh, the little things that we do that make a big difference. And so uh, she lives in the ninth district. And I just wanted to relay that uh, bit of information back that you truly made a mark with her um, just by responding personally uh, to her question about getting vaccinated. Um, and so one, just on behalf, on her behalf, 
thank you for um, your personal touch. Um, thank you. Second, sir. yes, sir. Second piece question that I raised, Madam President, in um, uh, our last education compact. I would just like to get you on the record here with, with, with us uh, in this particular setting in the conversation of budget investment funding. Individuals will say, well, why do we why, why do we fund schools or how do we fund schools? And as we fund schools, when do we expect and when can we expect a, you know, uh, uh, an increase in test scores? So, again, just, just for our record here, uh, uh, Mr. Cameras, if you could speak to fully funding the investment that we're making as a council and as leaders and how that influences test scores. Thank you, council member. Well, you know, I think there's a direct correlation between the investments that the city makes and the outcomes that we see with kids. Um, and the last couple of years, the council has fully funded our request. We're incredibly grateful for that. And we're beginning to see the payoff. Um, as I mentioned at the start of the meeting, those increases in graduation rates are uh Stunning, quite frankly, and I can draw a direct line to the investments that the mayor and the council have made in RPS. I'm talking about dozens of ESL teachers, uh, counselors, social workers, new programs for our recent immigrant students, for all students who have dropped out. Um, this is a very simple A to B uh, line that I can draw. And so we are beginning to see the return on investment that you all have made. We have a long way to go, and I would be the very first one to say that. Uh, I want to share, um, as I did with the school board last week, our early reading scores for our youngest learners um, are very concerning from this year. Uh, we have seen, uh, despite the heroic efforts of our teachers, if not for their efforts, the situation would be even more grave. But uh, we are talking somewhere on the order of 50% of our K-1-2 students who have not developed the literacy skills they need to be able to read uh, proficiently by the time they get into third grade. And that is very concerning, which is why the investments the council continues to make, and quite frankly, the investments we're getting from the federal government are absolutely critical. So um, I really do think it's a, in some ways, it's a, a, a two-part story. On the one hand, we're seeing a lot of um, success beginning to happen because of the investments. On the other hand, uh, I would be lying if I were to tell you that COVID has not had a significant impact on our students, their families, our staff, and learning. And we are going to have to uh, redouble our efforts as we come out of this and get into next year, which is why I am grateful that while the board decided not to move forward with the extended calendar this coming year, uh, they have committed to doing so the year after that. And I think that's going to be critical. And, and Madam President, just one more. Yes. You, you talked mm -hmm. about these last couple of years. When was the last time, and Madam President, either you or Mr. Cameras can speak to this, when was the last time we got to the point of fully funding schools? How long has it been? It's been many, many years. I don't know prior to my arrival when that occurred. Um, so all I can speak to is the incredible generosity that you all have provided uh, since I have arrived. Thank you. Ms. Robertson? 
Thank you, Madam President, um, and good afternoon. Good afternoon. And uh, school board chair, thank you very much for the presentation. Uh, thank you for the work that you're doing to make sure that our children get a good education in the city of Richmond. Um, and we look forward to strengthening and continuing to evaluate that partnership uh, to make sure that we are doing the right things that needs to be done to, you know, make sure that all children get a great education. I mean, it's so essential and so important to the quality of life. And we ask the adults in their lives and the caregivers in their lives and the responsible people working to make that happen certainly needs to be committed and obligated to that responsibility um, as as our duty, but also more importantly to the to the quality of life that our children are going to have based on the quality of education that they receive. Uh, I'm excited about the new news as it relates to the graduation rates. Of course, I am heartbroken. As Mr. Cameron, you know very well, my very first meeting with you um, was specifically as it relates to third grade reading scores. And that has been um, an Achilles heel for me for the past, gosh, I'm not even going to say how many years. You know, 20 years before council and certainly 17 on, on council. So, um and you know the reason why that's so devastating. And the catch-up and the makeup, um, when it's going in the wrong direction, it just continues to trouble me tremendously. Uh, as, as we see a lot of other things that are happening secondary to the fact that those students that we are following um, that are not reading to grade level, and where they are now, where, what's happening to them in middle school and what's happening to them in high school and whether or not we know that that trend is is really impacting our graduation rates and also our dropout rate as early as middle school and certainly in high school. Um, I, I'm extremely concerned about that and would like to ask um, – if there are some uh, means by which we can do more critical analysis of those children that are not reading to grade level, uh, a path that we, and you may already be doing this, a uh, path that we are following with those children to have some strategies and benchmarks that we will reach that, we will correct that, you know, deficiency there um, and, and, and prevent the dropout rates or other kinds of behavior patterns that tend to follow as kids get a little bit older and become a lot more embarrassed by their lack of ability to perform in the classroom as they need to. And, and we see the, uh, the behavior end up being behavior that ends up in the uh, justice system, which is the place where we definitely desperately don't need our children to end up. Um, I I want to, I can't overly express this, and I certainly want to have a greater conversation with you all as to what, what other things we really, really, really need to do uh, 
when we've gotten to that place where we've identified those kids that, you know, they're just not there. They're just not there. And and a, and a turnaround strategy that prevents it from being a, 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 a learning uh, disability, I guess I would say. I don't know if that's the proper terminology, but where we would turn that around and we would see we would protect those kids from the pitfalls that traditionally we know that they're more likely to fall into. Um, and that may mean a whole different set of investments and, and those kinds of things to make that happen. But I'm very concerned that the blueprint of the Richmond City Jail that we call the Justice Center um, is not going to be a justice center if we know children are reading at grade level and we we don't do everything we can to prevent them from being another number in that center. And so I really want to work with you, work with the school system and any other partners that you recommend and that you see would make a difference in that, that we prevent that. Because I know, as I've shared with you before, the blueprint of the city justice system, we can build that center th- three times, two additional size the current capacity is, okay? And this is one of the strongest indicators that the need for that building will happen if we don't change that. So let's spend the money preventively and make it happen so that we won't have to do that. Um, look forward to having that conversation with you. The other question that I want to raise as it relates to the budget, um, I'm sorry that I did not have the advantage of having your presentation uh, prior to today. Uh, so I'm sure that there are other reviews that I will do in the process that may I may have some more detailed questions for you uh, as it relates to the breakdown of this. And But I do want to be able to better appreciate um, the concern that you have raised to some degree as it relates to the cliff effect that we are subject to be experiencing, you know, two, three years from now. Um, because I, I want to be proactive in our thinking and our planning because of the investments that is being made with this $55 million produce the kinds of returns and, and successes that additional investments have been made for graduation rates. And these investments prove that we do some other things successfully as well. I want to make sure the cliff, I mean, the cliff may be reduced some by saying the $13 million, but that's still $13 million. And I don't know what $13 million three years from now will mean versus what it means today. Um, I'm very concerned about that, and I think that uh, more uh, conversation and discussion needs to be made around that so that we are being sensitive to the cliff effect. The only the other thing that I wanted just to raise as a concern is the um, the additional four or five million dollars that you'd like from the city of Richmond and whether or not that funding is contingent upon 
is a matching fund to the funding that you are projecting to get from the state uh, as it relates to salaries. And so if if the city does not match that fund, then that means that the state funding is not there as well. Is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay. And I guess the other question that I would ask is of the federal funds, I know they're one-time funds, um, and this may put us in a tailwind that we don't want to be in, but if I don't know whether or not the federal funds can be used for increase in salaries as well as the step increases and um, the cost for the health care. They cannot, unfortunately. Okay. All right. All right. I thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, I look forward to receiving the summary presentation. Thank you, Ms. Robertson. Ms. Lambert. Thank you, Madam President. And thank you, um, Mr. Cameras, for being here in that um, great presentation. Very informative. Um, President Burke, thank you for being here. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I um, caught you all's presentation to, I believe, the Health and Human um, Services Committee meeting. Um, but in that meeting, you had went over a list of surplus properties for the schools. Um, I wanted to know, have you all moved on deciding if any of those schools um, are will possibly be put on the surplus list um, to kind of help offset the budget um, issues that we're facing? I'm just curious to know if any um, of those properties, especially in the third district, if you are um, looking to sell, um, just wanted to see what you all's plan is for those um, parcels. Mrs. Burke, would you like to speak to that? Sure, thank you, and thank you so much, Ms. Lambert. In the third district, there's one building on Chamberlain. How are you this afternoon, Ms. Lambert? Thank you so I'm much. And um, we have been working with um, Councilwoman Lynch on that committee and it's been quite a collaborative effort. We have a couple of sites that's already been deeded to you all, and um, I don't want to say the number of buildings, but in the third district, there is a building on Chamberlain Avenue that's currently being leased. It's the, do you know what I'm speaking? It's the old real school yes. near Pine like Camp. Yes, okay. yes. So we're looking at that. In fact, our next meeting is this coming week. So our goal is by the end of April that the majority of those buildings will be not only surplus but deeded back to the city. Oh, so see. that's what we're working on. So we okay. do have a couple that's already been deeded to the city. So for instance, Oak Grove, Belmead, and Southside, that's you all's property. Okay. And um, however you move forward, the agreement, the ordinance is that the school system will get a portion of the funds back. But so far as your district is concerned, third district, there is one there's more than, okay, Norrell is not your site. Is Norrell your building? Yes, Norrell, um, 13 acres. Oh, yes. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, we got quite a few. So, yes. yeah, we might well, need to have a separate meeting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like well, that's that's going to pretty much take place. That 13 acres is, is a great concern because of it being right there on the campus, per se, connecting to Holton. So mm -hmm. that will probably be a separate meeting. Um, Norrell, Norrell, Norrell. There, we are utilizing portions of the buildings, but that is on the listing. But the priority right now is the Chamberlain Avenue site, and then we will address the um, probably the Norrell Norrell sites, and then the um, 
13 acres will probably be later because of where it's located. Okay. So, so we are moving forward on that. And, and the plan is that by, um, Jonathan Young is the chairperson of that committee. The plan is that by the end of the month of April, we should have um, a couple of buildings back to you. Jason, did I leave anything out? Okay. I think that was perfect. Thank you. Yes. Well, okay. thank you. And keep up the great work. Okay. Thank you so, all. Absolutely. Um, I'd just like to get in and then we have another uh, question. So I want to say thank you again, Superintendent Cameras and Chair Burke for the presentation. I'm really pleased to see that we're moving forward with the full implementation of the Dreams for RPS strategic plan. Um, I am um, very much interested as well, and I think it was referenced in the presentation, in terms of the mental health supports that you're looking to provide for our children and where that stands. Have we started that already? And if not, when will that get underway? Thank you, uh, Madam President. So this year we expanded partnerships with a number of our partners who provide mental health support to our students, including uh, RBHA, mm -hmm. SCAN, Child Savers, uh, CIS, and uh, we have allocated federal funding to expand that even more going into next year. So right now we're at $2 million of funding. We're proposing to go up to $3 million of funding uh, to increase capacity on that front. We're also uh, bringing on uh, more mental health professionals uh, within the building, psychologists, counselors, um, and so on to provide support to our students, uh, as we know when they come back, are going to be dealing with, with quite a bit. Okay, okay, thank you for that. And then just the last, and I believe I saw this in the presentation, we are looking at uh, refurbishing um, the technology, the Chromebooks, et cetera, and or replacement. What about connectivity? Have we worked through that such that we have good connectivity across our schools and, uh, you know, throughout the city? So we've been working on Internet infrastructure in our schools this year while okay. we're closed uh, precisely uh, because we had concerns that if we brought all those Chromebooks into the building, it would crash sure. the system. So, sure. yes, that work is underway, and we've even allocated some additional funds into next year in case there's anything that we didn't foresee that we need to, you know, increase even further uh, based on some, you know, dead spots in buildings, mm -hmm. things of that nature. Okay. Thank you. Thank you both. Uh, Ms. Lynch? Um, just one more follow-up. Um, question I wanted to echo um, the sentiments of my colleague uh, Councilmember Robertson um, when she was in regards to the reading levels that hit so close to home for me um, um, our our students stopped um, or, or the pandemic hit right in the middle of third grade and so we've just seen we've seen that struggle it is um, we are behind in our uh, we are not on grade level right now and it's as a parent incredibly disheartening and frustrating and so that eight million dollars going towards um, are being reallocated to to kind of meet the same goal or the same intent I think that the 10 month calendar was intended to achieve is, is really um, encouraging as a parent, I guess my question is, um, will there be um, some some other localities are really struggling with how to bring tutors on board and how to run tutoring programs and get the students up to speed? Um, it, and it's like the billion dollar question, right? I mean, how do you close the achievement gap for 
a population of kids who um, has struggled for an entire 12-month learning period and experienced extreme learning losses and been thrown into a washing machine of, of chaos, and the parents too, right? So it's a huge conundrum to try to work out, and I appreciate what you all are, the program um, that you will have to design and implement as a result of that seems really daunting. Um, how do we, with that $8 million, I mean, what are we planning? Does that secure us more teachers? Does that secure us um, external tutoring staff? And then who, what students get into that, um, into those programs? So uh, a couple of things on that. Sorry, I heard a little bit of an echo. Um, one of the ways we'll spend that money likely is to expand um, what we were going to do, which was a three-week session right before school starts into a six-week session since we have a larger, later start date. But we will also be um, hopefully expanding our one-to-one -one tutoring program, which uses our own teachers, um, but we pay them for the additional tutoring time. Um, in addition to... Um, a whole host of other things where we have more reading specialists in the budget uh, to provide that intensive support um, during the day. Uh, but I also want to, um, I want to make sure we are all thinking about this as more than a one year approach. Um, we can't cram um, multiple years of uh, for example, reading instruction into three months, for example. Kids um, are incredibly resilient, but there's only a certain um, speed at which they can progress on certain key skills. And so that's why, uh, you know, we've really been looking at this as a multi-year response. Um, it's why I'm excited that um, in the 22-23 year, we'll be going to the extended calendar. Um, and it's why, to Councilmember Robertson's point, um, I do think it's important that we continue to talk about, as a city, how to fund some of these investments when the federal money disappears, because I think it would be very problematic for our students, for example, if uh, a year or two years from now, the additional you know, reading specialists that we have and such, um, we have to uh, cut back on because those funds have dried up. And so I do think that is the long-term conversation we're gonna mm -hmm. we're gonna have to face. I'm I'm hopeful that a lion's share of that can come from state funding, and we're seeing some promising signs on that front from the General Assembly. Um, but there's likely going to be uh, additional city investments as well. Okay. Thank you, uh, Ms. Robertson. Uh, thank you, um, Madam Chair. Uh, just a follow-up question. Uh, because I am concerned that we don't go back to the days when the chamber is filled with um, signs, flagging, waving, you know, increased school funding. Uh, we don't want to go back to that. But I am concerned that um, not only for you, for schools, but for the city as well, as it relates to additional funding that we are receiving from the federal government because of COVID-19. And certainly we don't expect that to continue. Um, but what the city policy is as it relates to us making decisions, 
on the use of those funds because they're one-time funds that we only expend those funds on one-time expenditures uh, so that we will not fall into that cliff situation. Um, I'm not hearing that that's what school's policy is going to be as it relates to those funds and that if it and that it would be more, it could be, uh, for salaries and staff positions that um, there is no pipeline of funding that we've identified as a continuation of, you know, having that staffing. So um, the sooner, um, Madam Chair, uh, that we can work with you and the school board and with the superintendent to look at those policies as it relates to funding decisions that are made. And your operation uh, demands a lot of, you know, staffing and one-to-one uh, working with, with the students, and I, I understand and respect that. Um, but those, those expenditures that are not one-time expenditures, the dollar value and and where those expenditures are that are not one time. I think it's very important that we have that work session as quickly as possible so that as the city look at funding uh, and our funding priorities and resources that we have to earn. You know, every every dollar that we pass on is from a taxpayer, right? Every every dollar that comes through our system comes from a taxpayer. It doesn't come from the city. It comes from the taxpayers in the city of Richmond. And so we really need to be in a process of preparing ourselves to make sure that we are planning as much, especially for those expenditures that are not one-time expenditures. And so, um, I, you know, I, I think sometimes I do these open-ended questions and don't get a response, and then um, no one is charged with following through to make sure that it is done. So, Madam President, um, for our staff, I think that it's important that we follow through on these initiatives with with uh, the superintendent and chair and the chairman uh, to make sure that we are working out a plan of action as to make sure that we address both the reading deficiency requests that I'm having and also the federal funding cliff that we want to avoid. Thank you. Yes, thank you, uh, Ms. Robertson. And I would certainly ask that um, certainly our council chief of staff officer, Ms. Davis, would have the staff working with the Education and Human Services Committee uh, to uh, have that follow-up. Okay. I've seen Ms. Lynch nodding her head, and I know you're a part of that uh, committee as well, and, so, uh, and our superintendent and our uh, school board chair also are um, attendees of that. So we would look forward to that responsiveness in the context of that uh, session. Uh, thank you, Ms. Robertson, and thank you, uh, Superintendent Cameras and uh, Chair Burke, uh, for your work thus far. Mr. Addison, sir, I think I yes. see your hand. You did. Uh, is it, I'll lower it now. Uh, Mr. Cameron, Ms. Burke, thank you for your um, attentive detail to what's catching us up with what's going on and what your, your vision for the next year's budget entails. I know there's some things that are still moving from the federal and state government around some of the details, but we'll look forward to working forward with you on those things. Just had three points that I wanted to kind of ask. <clears throat> One, I'm working with Ms. Lynch on the school facility surplus kind of strategic plan 
during the land use committee, we've been having a conversation around our, our city-owned assets, and I'd love to include and incorporate our strategy to work together um, to prepare sites for development, for growth, opportunity, more importantly, uh, supporting the future vision of an inclusive and equitable future for our city. And with them being close to other school sites and community facilities, they are of utmost importance to do the right thing with those locations. So I look forward to working with you on that. Um, as it relates to the CARES Act round two funding, uh, there's two things I'd like to ask. Uh, one is an opportunity. I think <clears throat> we have a chance to do one-time funding, catching up on some deferred maintenance, potentially some um, needed. Um, we have a long list of things we need to get done in our schools, just basic infrastructure, and it's always a fight for the bottom line. But to me, I'm hoping if we're able to do enough strategically to catch up so that our CIP expenses can be more normalized in the future. So after the next two years. So we have some flexibility potentially in our budget to support these new programs and staff and other initiatives to keep up with those, because I think there is a big burden on our 44 plus, is it 44 still, 44 active school buildings, um, give or take a couple, close enough. And in that, doing what we need to do to keep those up to date, because I think that's going to be a big step. And I'd like to ask you to join us in uh, a conversation that I know Ms. Lynch and I have been doing around broadband. And I think that the COVID-19 has shown the digital divide is huge. And as you try to send children home to learn from home, we're seeing a lot of lack of access, lack of infrastructure to support access. And one of the big key initiatives for this round two funding is broadband. And so I would love to welcome bringing it to your school grounds, the areas around those schools, community, community facilities, and more importantly, the neighborhoods that we need to be bringing it into always as well. So just wanted to put that out there. We have a paper in working on that initiative ourselves, but we'd love to invite you to the table to be able to share your stories and where you think we should prioritize that as well. Thank you, Mr. Addison. Um, Superintendent Cameras or Chair Burke, any comment thereof? Mrs. Burke? Go right ahead, Mr. Cameras, then I'll follow if needed, if you want. Thank you. Um, yes, Mr. Addison, uh, we'd be delighted to participate on all of those projects. Um, certainly the, the facilities, the broadband, um, and uh, talking with you, uh, yeah, they're all uh, close to our heart and looking forward to the conversations. Thank you. We'll be in touch. <clears throat> okay. Okay, so with that, um, just I, I don't see any more hands, but I do want, as uh, Ms. Robertson raised before, to make sure that we uh, have that place for follow-up. And uh, Mr. Addison, in terms of RPS facilities, I'm hearing land use housing, uh, your committee and uh, EHS working together relative to the discussions with Superintendent Cameras and Burke, and then with broadband, those two that we would expect to follow up on as well. Uh, so uh, with that, um, I don't see any additional questions at this time. Again, Superintendent Cameras, Chair Burke, thank you for your extraordinary efforts to ensure that all of our children have a quality education in the context of one of the most challenging times that's ever been before us. We look forward to our continued work together with you. And uh, at this point, just before we sign off, I want to see if our uh, staff person, um, uh, either Ms. Davis or Mr. Eichelberger, has any additional comment or relative to this particular presentation, next steps. Um, this is Bill Eichelberger. Um, 
no additional comments relative to this presentation, but okay. as the next steps, next week is the second budget work session. Yes. And the presentation scheduled for that would be uh, from Jay Brown, the city budget director. Okay. And I have asked him to go over the revenues, the general fund operating budget, and the uh, capital budget. So that should be um, coming up on, what would that be, the, 20, the 29th. Okay. I suspect that will take... Um, most of the two hours allocated between Jay's presentation and your questions and discussion. And that's all I have for today. Thank you, Mr. Eichelberger. Uh, Ms. Robertson, I see your hand there. Yes, ma'am. Thank you very much. Uh, is it possible to get a confirmation as to when we would receive the review of that presentation that will be made next Monday? And can that be prior to... Monday, the 29th. Okay, I'll ask our staff, uh, Ms. Davis, between Ms. Davis and Mr. Eichelberger, to work to ensure that we have that presentation in advance. Mr. Eichelberger? Hopefully as early as the Friday, at least the Friday before the Monday presentation would be uh, the latest date that I would like to, at least that would give us time to have an opportunity to review the presentation prior to. We will ensure that that request is made, preferably by midweek, but certainly not later than Friday. Mr. Eichelberger? Uh, just just to echo what you just said, um, we'll get in touch with Jay Brown and ask for a copy of the presentation. Uh, just point out that historically they have brought the presentation to the meetings when we were having actual in-person meetings. Um, so... Um, they may not have on their um, their plan getting that to you prior to the meeting, but we will certainly get with them and try to get it for you. Sure. And if I um, uh, if I'm correct, Mr. Brown, um, are you on this call? Yes, ma'am. Councilwoman Nuba, this is Jay Brown, yes. director of budget and strategic planning. We will do everything um, as possibly as we can to get you that presentation before the end of this week. Uh, Thank you. We would appreciate that. Thank you so much. We'll provide that to the clerk's office. Thank you. Madam Chair. Yes, Ms. Robertson. Can I weigh in on that discussion? Um, as you all very well know, our, our plate is always running over with things that we're reviewing and trying to stay in front of. Um, it is not only advisable to me to have the presentation prior to it is also i think very beneficial to us to have it to our staff that is assisting us with the budget review process Absolutely. that they will have an opportunity to review the presentation and also to weigh in on the presentation and, and provide us with any additional information or additional information or questions uh, that they think would be valuable sure. to us as a part of the review process. And I would ask that if we cannot get presentations in advance, that uh, we know that uh, so that budget will let us know as quickly as possible as to when they will be able to get us that information. Sure. And that if it's necessary, 
we reconsider the timeline for the review if we don't have the opportunity of having the information in advance. Um, I, I think it's, abs- it's absolutely critical that we receive it in advance, the staff, our staff have an opportunity to review that in advance, and it will probably delay follow-up questions and uh, it will minimize the level of follow-up questions that come from a presentation because we didn't have the benefit of the review of it prior to. So I would ask that the administration make that a priority of scheduling it. If they cannot get it to us by Friday, they notify us, and I would ask Madam Chair that we reconsider whether or not the presentation should go on on Monday if we don't have prior information. Thank you, Ms. Robertson. And I've had discussion with uh, Mr. Eichelberger relative to that upcoming presentation and his intent in terms of review and providing us with a more detailed analysis. Ms. Eichelberger, do you want to speak to that? Mr. Eichelberger, are you still with us? I'm still with you. Sometimes technology gets in the way of no immediate response. Yes, um, both Samson Anderson and I have been working. I've been concentrating on doing some um, different ways of cutting the um, the look at your revenues and the general fund operating budget. And Samson has been doing some preliminary work on the capital budget. So the 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 plan is to have uh, those wrapped up for a presentation on the revenues and the operating budget at the work session on April 5th. And then uh, the capital budget presentation would be on the following Monday. So that would be April 12th. And of course, those presentations, the 5th and the 12th, are your staff analysis of the proposed budget. Um, I have asked Jay to do both the operating the revenues, the operating budget, and the capital budget overview on the proposed budget this coming Monday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Thank you, Mr. Eichelberger. And, and, and oh, by the way, I, d- I don't see any problem with getting that presentation to you prior to the our presentations to you prior to the meetings on the 5th and the um, 12th. Okay. Thank you. Madam President. If I may. Yes, Mr. Again, Brown, I'm sorry. We yes, have, we will have that presentation to you um, by the end of the day on Thursday. The end of the day when? I'm sorry. On this Thursday. OK, thank you okay. very much. We greatly appreciate it. Absolutely. With that, um, again, uh, Superintendent Cameras, Chair Burke, thank you so very much for the presentation. Look forward to the follow up and our continued work together on behalf of our children. Thank you. With that, members, uh, we. Is there, thought I heard something. Thank you, Madam President. Okay, I'm sorry, Superintendent Cameras, any further comment, Chair Burke? Thank you so much. We appreciate your continued support of every child every day. Thank Thank you. Thank you for your work and all of your efforts. With that, members, the uh, Richmond City Council budget work session now stands.